Father Jan and I and everyone who's on staff here at St. Margaret of York, we all have one goal here, and that one goal is to bring you closer to Jesus Christ. You may have noticed this morning as you came into church that we have two TV screens right in the front of the church. And I know it may have caused a little bit of possibly, you know, curiosity or, or wonderment or what are those going to be used for. And definitely we've seen a, a couple of different things, right? We're always looking to see how we can enhance our liturgy every Sunday, right? How we can bring you closer to the Lord, how we can help you to participate more in the liturgy. And we've also, uh, and I think you've noticed as well, that um, thanks to the hard work of our, of our choir, right, the music here during Mass is something that has brought many of you closer to the Lord. You've had a deeper experience of the Lord when you come to Mass here at St. Margaret of York. I know that because many of you have commented on that. But unfortunately, as we grow, as we find music that better fits our parish, music that brings you closer to the Lord, right? Those songs don't always show up in your hymnals that you find in your pew. And hence, every week while we have to run off those photocopies, we have to give you pieces of paper, right? And then the papers end up all over the place. And every single week, we're spending that money on those photocopies. You probably don't realize that in order to buy new hymnals for the parish, hymnals that do represent the type of music that all of you have come to love, right? That mix of the old and the new, right? The best of the old, the best of the new, right? In order to buy a hymnal that reflects, right, what we've all come to love, the cost would be approximately $25,000 to $30,000. So at the same time that we have as our goal to bring you closer to the Lord, we also know that every time you, you put your hard-earned money in the basket, that's a tremendous amount of trust that you've placed in us. That's money that you've placed into our hands to be spent well. So my dear brothers and sisters, I ask that you be patient with us, that you bear with us, right, as these screens, they're on portable stands. They can be moved around. This might not be and probably will not be their ultimate home. We're going to see, right? These screens will be used at the beginning of Mass. Uh, some of you may have noticed they'll be used for announcements in order to cut down the time that's spent on uh, repeating things week after week, right, which can easily be put up on a screen, right, and you can be reading them as you enter uh, to worship, and as the final song ends, they'll also be put up on the screen, but also eventually down the road as we acquire the technology, quite possibly putting up, right, the lyrics to the songs that we sing at Mass, right, so that we don't have to be spending your money on new hymnals or your money on photocopies every week. So I just wanted to mention that to all of you. I wanted to let you know that everything we do here is to try to bring you closer to the Lord. And if these instruments, which is what they are, do not serve that function, if they do not bring this community closer to the Lord, then they will not be used. So I ask you to please be patient, please uh, be with us as we try different ways, different 
you know, ways of bringing you closer to the Lord, better ways in which you can worship here at Mass. And it's something that's being used throughout the world, right? I spent nine years over in Rome, and I can tell you the first thing you see when you come into St. Peter's Square are two big screens in the square, right? So that the people can see the Pope, so that people can, people can participate better in the liturgy, so that people don't have to be looking down when they're at Mass with the Holy Father. They can actually be looking up and participating better at Mass. So please bear with us. Know that everything that we do will, will be tastefully done. It serves a purpose, and we're, we're working towards that end. This morning, the theme of the readings is definitely humility, right? We read it right off the bat in our first reading. My child, conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Humble yourself the more, the greater you are, and you will find favor with God. You know, I think in modern society, this is one of the virtues that's definitely not uh, at the top of the list. Right? Rarely do you hear people talking about the virtue of humility. It's not even really appreciated. Right? If you go into the locker room during a football game, rarely will you hear the coach saying, all right, guys, we're going to go out there and we're going to be humble. You guys have to be humble. Get in there and, 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 and humble yourself. Be humble. Yeah. No, you don't hear that. You hear, come on, we're going to crush them. You've got to be the best. You've got to give it all you've got. Use your willpower. Don't be a wimp. Don't be lazy. You have to be strong. Come on, give it all you've got. Be proud of your team. Be proud of your school. Right? You don't hear that. A coach, I never have. I've never heard, heard a coach say, come on, guys, you've got to be humble. Right? And at work, how many meetings do you get into? Right? Wherever you work, I, I would imagine that whoever's conducting the meeting doesn't say, you know what, what we really need here is we need everyone to be humble. No. It's, a, it's about we want to have the best product. We're going to be the best. We're going to eliminate competition. And so it shouldn't come as a surprise to us that when we hear this morning's Gospels, right, uh, it makes us uncomfortable. Humility is not really something that we admire in today's society. And why is that? It's because we don't understand it. We have this funny notion of what humility is, right? When we think of humble people or we think of humility, we think of someone who goes around saying, oh, uh, I, I, I'm no good, I can't do that, or, or I'm, not, I'm not good at doing that. No, that's not what humility is. Jesus Christ in the Gospel says, learn from me for I am meek and humble of heart. I have yet to find in the gospel where Jesus Christ says, oh, I'm not good, honestly, I'm not good. I, I, I only come from Nazareth. I'm just the son of a carpenter. Really, don't, I mean, if you want to listen to me, that's fine. I, I really, I just kind of wanted to mention that. I mean, no, you don't see that. That's not the way Jesus Christ was. Jesus Christ wasn't that way. But yet he says, learn from me, for I am meek and humble. Jesus Christ calls himself humble. What is humility? We don't understand humility. St. Teresa of Avila has a wonderful definition of humility, and it's probably going to surprise you. She said, humility is truth. Humility is truth. And the problem is today, just like it was 2,000 years ago when Pontius Pilate asked Jesus Christ, and what is truth? What is truth? 
If we're going to understand humility, we need to understand what is truth. And the classical definition of truth is, right, the correspondence between my mind and reality. Right? If your child comes home and says 2 plus 2 equals 5, you say that's not true. Right? What you have in your mind doesn't really correspond with reality. Right? If you have two apples and two apples and you count them, there are actually four apples. What you have in your mind, that is five, does not correspond with reality. Humility is truth. That is, humility is when what we have in our mind corresponds with reality. What is our reality? Who are we? And I mentioned in last weekend's gospel, right? God talks about himself as the refiner of silver. Right? God deeply values me. God has given me tremendous value. He sees me with so much value. He appreciates me. Right? I have tremendous value in God's eyes. That's my reality. That's who I am. And the first step to being humble is to recognize in my mind that reality. Do I understand? Do I have it in my mind the fact that I am tremendously valued by God? Because if I did, if I was convinced, if I was truly convinced here in my mind that I am valued by God, I wouldn't care what other people thought of me. My value doesn't depend on the position that I've obtained. My value doesn't depend on the things I have. My value doesn't depend on what I do. The, my value doesn't depend on what others think of me. My value depends on the value that God has given me, what God thinks of me. That's at the core of true humility. That's the virtue that Jesus is asking us to practice. That's the virtue that the first reading is talking about. It has nothing to do with beating ourselves up or saying that we're not any good. On the contrary, it has everything to do with remembering, recognizing here in our mind that we have a value. We have value. God has given us that value. And the only way we're going to be happy, truly happy in this life, is when we're able to recognize that. When we live in the truth. That is when there's a correspondence between our mind, what we think, and reality. God values you. And if you need proof of that, you just have to look above every time you come to church. God died on a cross for you. For you. Not for all of us. For you and you. That's how much he values you. My dear brothers and sisters, if we're struggling, and we all struggle with humility, the solution is to be very much aware that God is deeply in love with me. The day I realize that, the day I'm convinced about that, is the day that I'll stop worrying about what position I'm in, what others think of me, 
what others say about me, what I have, what I've done. And there's a tremendous amount of peace that comes with that. A tremendous amount of peace knowing that I am deeply loved by God and I recognize that. 